The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is it! Here it is! Welcome to the revolution. Oh my God, who cares? Now I want a hamburger. Sharp and insightful. I'd like to sock that guy in his beardy face oh my god <laughs> often imitated but never duplicated that's right welcome to the revolution with jim and trev presented by outdoor channel sportsman channel world fishing network and my outdoor tv what a great show this week got a great show <laughs> a little r&r r&r roger raglan <laughs> you know what i actually prepared a song you want to hear it yes with Roger Raglan. Woo! I want to chase big deer with Roger Raglan. You're worse than Fergie. <laughs> what are you doing? He's acting like Bobby Brown over yeah. here. <laughs> All right, so we're talking. Oh, I got to find somebody to punch. <laughs> oh, oh whitetail addiction on this week's show. I am pumped about this, though. Roger Raglan, so cool. He's going to be joining us. He has an all-new show. Yeah, it's like called, voice what is squeaks. it called? You're so excited. <laughs> on target. Your boyish your boyish excitement is kicking in here. Roger Ragland's on target, yeah. Yeah. Sportsman Channel, Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Then, who's joining us? Hey, it's going to be Matt Bullens, and he has a program called Red Rising. Yeah, that's a great show. Sportsman Channel as well, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, everyone's favorite crappie man. That's right. Cat Daddy. Cat Daddy. Cat Daddy, he's going to be joining us. Uh, it's going to be a fun show, buddy. You're going to have some tips. You betcha, boys. Awesome. I say, you know what you should do? As I stutter. What? <laughs> Let's get to Roger Raglan. Yes. We have a whitetail addiction this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Here we go. Now kicking off a two-parter with Roger Ragland, host of Roger Ragland on Target on Sportsman Channel, Tuesdays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. Hey, Bunny, have you ever seen... Roger Ragland's trophy room. Yeah, and it has the massive piano in the center of it because he's also a concert pianist. I yes. mean, like, as if there's anything more, um, uh, I don't know, impressive about Roger Ragland aside from, like, the bajillion heads on his wall. There you go. He's not only a hunter, but a concert pianist, too. What can I say? <laughs> I know. I don't know. None I, of us are. None of us are. You said that? You said it all? Yeah, I know. All right, so we are just out joining, being joined by Mr. Roger Ragland. He is the host. All new show, as we mentioned, Roger Ragland on Target. It is on Sportsman Channel Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. This man, he is a whitetail hunting ninja. Mr. Roger. Legend. That's right. Mr. Roger, how's it going, buddy? Uh, it's doing good. Trying to stay warm out here in Oklahoma. It's kind of nippy these days. Yeah, well, you only have three strands of barbed wire to hold the wind back, don't you? Yeah, just that's about right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, something I want to get into, Mr. Roger. Um, everyone knows you are like the whitetail hunting king, and we've all seen pictures of your trophy room. It is spectacular. But there is a an awesome story, and you have told it before, and I've read about it where I think your wife was a hairdresser and there's a gentleman that asked you to go hunting with him. And when you got on the phone, you asked him like everyone does how much land he has. 
and he said 10 acres. Okay. <laughs> yes. Can you elaborate on this story? Because I think it is so important when you watch social media and you watch television, there's always big chunks of ground, massive bucks, food plots, this and that. But this guy proved, and now you're a believer that land isn't everything. Can you kind of uh, elaborate? Yeah, the story. Yeah, well, sure. I just hadn't been in the business too long, but uh, you know, I've, I've been—I was diehard whitetail guy, and and my wife came in and she goes, "I got a client that, and here's his number, and he wants you to go hunting with him." And I said, "Oh yeah, you know, well," and. Uh, Maybe I was already starting to get too big for my own britches at that time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, here, look, oh, I got four or five hundred videos out. <laughs> but, uh, Top of the world. But uh, I called him. I called him. Yeah, and we chatted. And, of course, as you you know, had mentioned, I, well, how many acres you hunt? Ten. <laughs> and I started laughing inside, you know, and I thought, ten, oh, figures, figures. <laughs> you know. I said, well, you know, I've got a busy schedule and... Uh, and I went on and on and on, and he's he was north of Tulsa about an hour, but he's he's in he's in good deer country, put it that way, towards Kansas border. And I said, well, you know, da, da, da. just let me know how you do at the end of the season. Maybe next year I can come out and take a look at. You know, I just dismissed it. You know, yeah. And uh, after the season's over with, uh, for some reason, uh, and I don't remember now, but I, maybe I just had his number or Darlene said something. And I, so I called him. I said, well, how'd it go this year? He goes, well, you know, all I do is bow hunt. He goes, I killed a high 140-inch deer. And he goes, I didn't get the big one I was after. He said, but I got two. And I said, what? Goes, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, then he went on further to explain to me. Hang on just a second. Okay. I'm, I'm waiting on my piano tuner. That's I hope he's on his way. Uh, <laughs> That where this 10 acres was, that it's set in the middle of, of it was kind of landlocked of, I forget how many acres where there really was no hunting and, and everything kind of funnels and little creek drainage right down through the middle of this 10 acre, you know, and he said it was, he goes, it was just nothing. He goes, it's nothing to see, you know, shooter every day. You just kind of, you know, and, and I, I, and I never forgot that story. Now, I did I ended up never going up hunt with him, but I never forgot that story. And, and it really changed a lot of things in my mind on, uh, hey, you don't have to have a great big piece of property if it's the right piece of property. You bet. Well, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned piano tuner because, um, I know that you are an accomplished pianist, and the fact of the matter is, uh, everybody thinks, especially in this day and age, that all hunters are knuckle-draggers, okay, and we can barely say our own name. And yet you are, you are an accomplished pianist and quite, quite well-known, aren't you? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I probably play the piano better than I do anything else in the world, just about. I, I, I play, People ask me, they say, well, what, what can you play? And I say, well, I, I play Chopin, Tchaikovsky, Rachmaninoff, Willie Nelson, the <laughs> Doobie Brothers. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a piano player. I can play anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is great. Now, is, is there anything uh, uh, that you can associate the discipline of playing a piano with the way that you hunt? It doesn't make any difference. We've been, we've been trying to do... Uh, uh, I'm in the process of, of doing a small game show, squirrel uh -huh. hunting. Trying to do some squirrel hunting, you know. And so, and I've and I've had my 16 year old granddaughter out here 
it took, we had to go four times. When yesterday she got her first couple of squirrels, and and for her being a relatively new new hunter, you know, we sat in that blind, and it was cold. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, patience, patience. You know, if you're a white-tailed deer hunter, you know, in most parts of the country, <clears throat> you've got to. You know, you, it takes patience, patience and, and a, and a never ending. It's, you know, I hate to use the word grind, but you got to keep going, got to keep going. And it's the same way with being a, <clears throat> being, you know, about 10 years ago, I, I had GPS, a Guillaume Beret. It's an autoimmune disease. And they told me I might never play the piano again. Oh, wow. And, uh, that's when I picked off, I put, I put it on Facebook. It's on, on YouTube, the, the rock Modernoff piece I learned. I had to learn how to make my fingers work again. Wow. And it took me six months to learn. It's six pages. It's a very difficult piece. Mm-hmm. But it took me six months to learn it. And all, once again, you know, just the grind and patience and doing repetition, doing it over and over and over and over and over again, you know. And I, I think that discipline in your deer hunting or whatever you're doing, you know, uh, you, you have to have a little bit of that part of you. And it bleeds over into success. You know, they, what they say, perseverance is the womb in which success is carried full term. You know, just keep going, keep working, and have patience all the while while you're working hard. Just keep doing it. And uh, in the end, that's it pays off. Yeah. Now, you know, I think this year, correct me if I'm wrong, sir, marks 34 years you've been in the outdoor industry. And the funny thing is anybody that has actually genuinely followed your career as an outdoorsman, as a conservationist, as one of the premier whitetail hunters, your excitement for hunting, your zest for it hasn't dwindled an ounce. If anything, it is picked up. It is when when people watch you, when people meet you at banquets, you encourage people. You get people excited. And the neat thing about it, it isn't put on. That is who you are. That is just the man that Roger Raglan is. And it's truly, it's contagious. Well, you know, I, I never forgot. I mean, you know how, <laughs> man, I went a lot. I went a lot as a kid, you know, and, and I never forget how, how long and how hard I would go to, you know, I remember my first squirrel. I remember my first rabbit. I remember my first quail. I remember my first deer. You know, I remember my first big buck. I also remember how hard it was for me to get to that point where I, where I was, had success, you know, and as a deer, my dream, my dream for years was to someday just, be able to shoot one big trophy white-tailed deer. I, and if I keep going, we get back to the patience and perseverance thing. Kept going, kept nobody went harder, drove far. Now, this is going back, you know, 40 years ago. There weren't near, you know, things were different 40 years. There weren't near as many deer. You had to work harder. So I remember what it was like to not be successful. And I, now it's ground into me. I never take for granted the opportunity. It, shooting that squirrel yesterday with my granddaughter was so exciting. Little old gray squirrel at, at 17 yards with a 22. Mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, it was, I was, it was exciting to me. It was exciting to me. And I'm proud to say I skinned both of those out. You know, <laughs> they're soaking in salt water in the fridge and we're going to eat them. 
Ah, uh, beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> hey, Roger, we've got to take a break. Can you stick around? we got a whole lot more to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. You bet. Hey, we're talking with Roger Raglan. He's the host of Roger Raglan on Target. New show uh, on Sportsman Channel Tuesday nights at 730 Eastern Time. you got to watch it. This has been presented, though, by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Mr. Roger, to learn more about you, there's so much to cover. Uh, people always want to pick your brain, man. Where can we find you online? RogerRaglan.com is my website. You bet. We'll be right back with Roger Raglan. Don't go anywhere. The newest piece of technology in the audio revolution. JimandTrav.com. Log on now and connect with the boys. And stick around. The revolution will return right after these messages. Can we really get on a horse and go horseback, tree saddle, turkey hunting? The crazier the setup. What if I became a scarecrow and hunted? The wilder the hunt. We're going paddleboard deer hunting. Let's go, let's go, let's go! And when the hunts are this epic. That's what I'm talking about. It's time to go viral. Viral Outdoors. Fridays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on Sportsman Channel. It's time to reimagine the off-road experience because Yamaha has reimagined the side-by-side. Available in either two- or four-seat models, the Wolverine R-Max 1000 lineup sets a new benchmark in the off-road world. Featuring a 999cc parallel twin engine, aggressive tires, and an automotive-style cabin. And select models include high-performance Fox IQS in-cab adjustable suspension, all-new D-Mode to optimize power delivery, an integrated Yamaha Adventure Pro navigation system, and much more. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com to learn more about the Wolverine R-Max 1000. It's time to get out there and realize your adventure with Yamaha. Professional driver on closed course. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specifications subject to change. The Revolution with Jim and Travis on the air and Whitetail Addiction. Now back to Roger Ragland, host of Roger Ragland on Target on Sportsman Channel, Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. This is part two. Hey, we are back. Uh, before the break, we were talking with Roger Raglan. He is the host of Roger Raglan on Target. We're talking whitetail addiction on this week's show, and this guy's addicted. But we want to find out, of all the things that he said in the first part of the interview about remembering, can he now remember where his keys are? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, one thing, there's an awesome photo you put up. Um, it was your one of your first hunts on, I know we're talking whitetail hunting, but it's neat to go back and discuss the past. Um, you were one of the first guys to get a tag in Northern California to go antelope hunting, and you took a tremendous buck, but that was your first time ever on camera, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, and, and I, I won't tell the whole story. The, the, the short story is is that I had I was wanting to shoot the Grand Slam of deer. Wow. So I had to have a black-tailed deer in order to do that. So I'm talking to a guy from Northern California about a blacktail hunt, and I love, you know, I've always loved to hunt antelope. And I mentioned antelope, and he said, well, we got some of the biggest antelope in the world in Northern California. I said, oh, yeah. He goes, and this year is the first year that California is giving non-resident permits. 
They're giving four permits out for the entire state. He goes, and I control all four permits. Oh, really? And I went, well, how about that? So we <laughs> cut the I, I, I paid for the permit, and I still remember it was $2,500. Oh, wow. To me, a fortune back in 1987. Yeah. Just getting started, you know, and, and Susanville, we fly into Reno, fly into Reno, and then it's just about an hour from Reno up in Susanville, Northern, Northern California. And, uh, I still have, of course, I have all the raw footage. I couldn't even speak my name. <laughs> I couldn't even, I couldn't talk. That night I went to bed and literally, here I am, I was 33 years old. I'm a grown man and I'm, and I'm fighting tears. I'm so nervous over the whole thing. Oh, wow. And, and I did kill a big, that is a big buck. Oh, yeah. Great big, great big antelope. And I get off the plane and I had already made up my mind. Now we did, our next shoot was, was three weeks later in New Mexico, another antelope hunt early in the year mm-hmm. and uh, got off the plane. And my wife, I, you know, I opened up the trunk of the car and I put the horns and my baggage down in there, you know, and, and standing out in front of the airport, I said, uh, I'm just not cut out for this. I can't do this. I'm just, I, I it's a lot harder than I thought. And I'm just, I, and she just real calm and relaxed, and she said, "Well, it was your very first time. You got another hunt in a few weeks." She said, "Why don't you go at least one more time and see how that goes before you make any decisions?" And uh, and that just calmed down, you know. And 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 then on the next, you know, three weeks later in New Mexico, it, you know, I I did better. I mean, standing in front of the camera, I wasn't quite as nervous. And, and it just, you know, and I, I got better as the year went on, you know, <laughs> and, uh, somehow I got through it. But I literally was ready to quit after the very first, you know, and I killed that big antelope first day. Just, But I was ready to give it up because I just didn't think I was cut out to do it. I remember there was an episode, and I think you have said it was one of your most popular ever. You were on a hunt in South Dakota. And I, it was coming to the end of the hunt. I don't really remember, but this guy's like, Hey, before you go, I've got a ton of jackrabbits. And so you're like, well, you know, let's go hunt them. And I think you borrowed a shotgun or something. Um, and you guys just like, I don't Leaned know house. how many jackrabbits you got, but you, you're known as like the world's best whitetail hunter, but you are an incredible rabbit hunter as well. <laughs> it's funny because I actually looked at some of that footage in the computer yesterday. Did you really? <laughs> and I was talking to a buddy of mine about it. And I tell people this, that it by far is the most popular show I have ever aired of any, any time ever was my rabbit show. And that, that property, I've just never seen so many rabbits. And I, and I asked if we were out there bow hunting. It was the end of September. We're out there bow hunting for deer. It was a, kind of a lousy hunt, to be honest with you. <laughs> and uh, we went down into the river bottoms, and I said, look, I bet they got a bunch of cocktails down here. And you couldn't walk without So I had my bow, and I don't know how, I forget how many we shot with my bow. They wouldn't run off. They'd run up there about 20 yards and stop, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not good for them, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then and then that night, a, a, a freak winter storm blew in. It snowed 12 inches that Oh, night. wow. Wow. It snowed 12 inches. So we were, we, we were trying, wanting to go home. We couldn't even go into town. There was another day. And the next morning, it let, you know, it, it started, of course, the ground's warm. And you know that snow melts. And I told my camera guy, I said, well, before we leave, I said, let's go out here. There's a bunch of jackrabbits, too, out here. They had an old shotgun there in, in where we were staying and shells. 
Actually, the truth is, we killed 25 jackrabbits that morning. Holy cow. <laughs> Holy cow. So, so I made the show. The first half of it was bow hunting for cocktails. The second half was shotgunning for jackrabbits in the snow. And they were shot on the same property three days apart. Nobody ever knew that. <laughs> well, you know, it's really but, interesting. But it was nonstop shooting and action. And guys, to this day... Called. When are you going to do another rabbit show like that? How about, boy, if I could ever ever get on a property like that again, I'd do one like that for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of people don't realize the fact that in the 30s and 40s, uh, hunting rabbits in Oklahoma and Kansas was big because there were so many of them. I mean, they used to stretch across the field and just walk them down and actually clubbed them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Well, they had so many rabbits, and I asked the landowner, I said, why do you have some? I've never seen this many rabbits. He said, two years ago, all the ranchers in this region pooled our money and brought in two choppers, and we annihilated the coyote population. Oh, oh wow. wow. He goes, and that's why he goes, now we wish we hadn't done it, because we got so many rats. There were no predators to kill the rabbits, and they were everywhere. Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> it was fun, let me tell you. That was the most two days of fun. Me and my cameraman, he said, I never had so much fun in all my life filming anything as we did those rabbits. <laughs> all right. So you got to tell us, you know, we're used to Roger Raglan outdoors. Everyone knows the show. Everyone loves it, tunes into it. What made you take the step to Roger Raglan on target? I, I wanted to branch out. And, and number one, I want to stay on the air year round because my, my fall show, Roger Raglan Outdoors, has always been just a third and fourth quarter show. Mm -hmm. So I talked with Mitch. Petrie and I said, look, I said, uh, I want to do a first and second quarter show on Sportsman. We'll call it Roger Raglan on Target. And I'll take some older shows and I'll rework them and add some new things to them. And, and then uh, in particular, next year, you see, just like what we're doing right now, we, uh, we, we'll shoot this squirrel show and it will air on, on Roger Raglan on Target this time next year. Mm. So, and, and then I'll have my deer hunting and stuff for the Roger Raglan outdoors. So we're doing things we're going to, we're going to be, you know, it's, it's a work in progress, so to speak, but Roger Raglan on target's going to have uh, things that appeal uh, to maybe more guys in the, in the springtime as well. We're, we're going to Florida. You'll get to see a little bit different side of Roger Raglan on the Roger Raglan on target. You bet. And, hey, uh, Roger, we got to leave it right there. Uh, okay. But uh, we've been talking with Roger Raglan. He's the host of Roger Raglan on target. Out there hunting rabbits in Oklahoma. That's right. An all-new series you have to tune in. Make sure you watch it. It is Sportsman Channel, Tuesdays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Roger, again, to learn more about you, upcoming hunts, where people can meet you, see you, your partners. Where can we find you online? Just RogerRaglan.com and then Roger Raglan Outdoors on, uh, on Facebook. Best place. Yeah. Last question. What was most difficult to master, Rachmaninoff or your bow? Oh, Rachmaninoff, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, don't go anywhere. Coming up next, we have Matt Bullens. He is a co-host of Red Rising on Sportsman Channel, and that is Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So Tuesdays, 7.30, you watch Roger Raglan on target right after that. Red Rising. This has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side -side vehicles. Hop online, check them out, YamahaMotorsports.com. Mr. Roger, you are so awesome. God bless you, brother. All right, thanks a lot, guys. 
This is Bunny's Off-Road Tips are brought to you by Yamaha at YamahaOutdoors.com. Realize your adventure. Control the direction of mud slinging from your tires as you tackle sloppy trails with an easy custom feature from Yamaha. Yamaha's ATV Overfenders help drivers customize their Grizzly or Kodiak ATVs and they serve dual purposes, both visual and functional. First, they enhance the look of your machine and give it a more aggressive appearance. More importantly, the design of the Overfenders adds a substantial amount of extra protection that shields users from water, mud, and other trail debris. Constructed of tough, durable TPO plastic that is wider at the base to deflect more trail debris, these overfenders are specifically designed to follow the fender lines to create seamless, unified body lines. Go to shopyamaha.com and check out the ATV overfenders available for both Yamaha Grizzly and Kodiak ATVs. Clear your Saturdays. Major League Fishing is back. Yes, son. The competition kicks off with the always exciting Bass Pro Tour. Have a good day today, boys. Followed by all the drama of the General Tire Team Series. I got him, I got that boy! Then wrap up the day with first look highlights on all angles. We have a game plan. I'm feeling really good about this one. Major League Fishing Saturdays. It all begins at noon Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Chardonnay Finishing Sauce is one of the many tasty treats that awaits you at High Mountain Seasonings. Order your jerky and sausage kits, snack and sticks, marinades, rubs and shakers, and more by going to HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. Whitetail Addiction is on today's revolution with Jim and Trav. It's exactly what I've been looking for. Now kicking off another two-parter with Matt Bullins, co-host of Red Rising on Sportsman Channel, Tuesdays 8 p.m. Eastern, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. This is part one. Hey, we're back, and if you're just joining us, we're talking Whitetail Addiction on this week's show, and we had Roger Raglan on for a two-parter. This guy can find whitetail deer in anywhere. That's right. Roger said, you know what, Matt Bullens, he's a much better hunter. I'm going <laughs> to go so Matt can come on. Just now being joined by Matt Bullens. He is the co-host, Red Rising, great show, Sportsman Channel, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Matt, how's it going, buddy? I'm great, guys. How about you? Yeah, now you, uh, you've you got quite a history of hunting whitetails. I mean, you were with the Drury's for a while. Yeah, you had another TV show, and now you got Red Rising, which is not a sequel to Tora, Tora, Tora. That's correct. We've been doing this, you know, 15 years, I guess, collectively, and uh, got a somewhat background and footprint in the outdoor industry. And, you know, our biggest gigs hunting these whitetails, these mountain bucks on the East Coast. That's our forte. Yeah. Now, when you're hunting those big mountain bucks over there, okay, what is it like terrain wise? You know, you hunt all over the country, but let's get more into your territory for a second. Uh, is the hunting similar? Is it a little tougher? Are the bucks more wary? What say you? Very, very tough. In these, we're in the Blue Ridge Mountains, so it's very mountainous. And the best way to describe it that I typically tell people in the Midwest or people that ask is, you take the fields in the Midwest, that's our wooded areas. And you take the woods in the Midwest, that's our fields. So tons of big <laughs> timber plots, mountainous terrain, and, you know, just very, very hard to hone in on some of these bucks. They just, they don't do the same typical things they do in the Midwest. Yeah. Now, you just recently took a really, really nice buck uh, there in the in the Carolinas, and uh, I mean, I was really kind of surprised. I didn't think they grew them that big, but you got some big guys out there. We do have some good deer. It's uh, it's not 
in our area, what you call Midwest deer. Now, there's some parts of the Carolinas and uh, Virginia that grow big Midwestern type deer, but in our area, if you kill a four, five, six-year-old deer, 130 to 40 inches, you've killed, you know, your 150, 160 deer in the Midwest. So that's typically what we're looking for is those four or five-year-olds around 130 inches. You know, that's kind of our equivalent to your Midwest caliber bucks. Yeah. Now, doing a little stocking on you, uh, really neat. Your son, Zayden, and your daughter, Brooklyn. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. How old is Brooklyn? I know your son was six when he shot his first buck. That's so cool. Correct. How old's your daughter? She is nine, and uh, we've been trying for a year or two to get her her first buck, but just could not get everything to work out the way it needed to. But this year, that was my main goal. And luckily, it, uh, it all worked out, and she got her first buck, and so did he. And, yeah. You know, it was it was a good good year because I didn't have to hear one complaining to the other <laughs> that they got a deer and the other did. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you what. She shot a really nice eight-point, and that is a decent buck right there. It is a very good buck. Um, it was a solid three-year-old deer, but definitely one I wasn't going to call her off of. Now, me trying to play daddy role, cameraman role, and help her yeah. get the gun, you know, situated. It kind of cost her a uh, really, really nice buck because I didn't know it at the time, but she was trying to get my attention and let me know that there was a much larger buck coming in behind that one. And uh, when she shot hers, he ran off, and, you know, I had pictures of him. Now, he was a really, really good 140-class deer. Oh, holy cow. All right, again, make sure you watch Red Rising on Sportsman Channel Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, we're getting to the end of January, okay? And everyone, they're already thinking about fall 2021, our hunting season. You know, we're playing it out. We're mapping everything. Now is the time we really should already have property locked in that we're going to hunt on. Uh, but if we don't, we should be looking at some new ground to hunt on and also perhaps improving the land that we have. What are you guys doing right now? I saw you're doing some really interesting stuff. I know it's a little early, but thinking about it, you're doing stuff with big time and they have, you know, everyone's planning food plots, but this is called borderline and you're actually putting in cover for deer. Yeah, it works well for cover, and like I said, in my area, we don't need that much cover, but in some of the other areas, especially in the Midwest and South, it works great for that, and, you know, if they don't have the cover that they need, and as far as getting ready for 21, you know, each of us have kind of our own niche on what we do, and uh, Jason and Eric will definitely be back in the Midwest, and Iowa, and Kansas, and for me, it's looking more like I'm going to try a few things different this year, probably going to hit Texas again. And more than likely going to try to work on some ground in Maryland because Maryland's such a sleeper state. It's right here on the East Coast with us. And, you know, seven hours we can be there. And you know, they've got some of the biggest bucks that I've had the opportunity to hunt. And so that's, that's probably going to be my little slice of heaven this fall. I'm going to try to spend some time on the Eastern Shore up in Maryland. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you talked about, uh, you know, the plots that you have there and they're very, very wooded. Now, is the mast something that you guys really look for? Uh, because everybody knows that if turkeys like to eat hickory nuts, so do deer. And is that something that you guys really go for? And also, I read somewhere that in the process of getting this buck, uh, you actually moved your stand a couple of times and everybody's cautioned about not moving around too much, but it sounds like you had to do some things to make it happen. Yeah, it's 
you know, during the rut, these bucks, I caught it just a little bit late, and they were locked down with those. Some of the bigger ones were being able to hone in and get where I needed to be between the bed and the food source. I had to move a couple of times. and It took me two or three moves and days to make it work, but I knew that buck was going to stay with that doe for two or three more days. I just had to figure out what she was doing, and, you know, long and behold, I ended up getting between them, and, you know, it worked out because he was oblivious to anything else other than her. And, you know, that's what gave me the opportunity. So, you know, knowing what to do and what particular time of year is crucial for being able to kill one of those big deer. Yeah. Now, how glad are you that Eustace lives in South Carolina and not North Carolina? <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Very <laughs> Sorry, just had to ask that. All right, we got to get to a break real quick, Mr. Matt Bullens. He is the co-host, Red Rising, exciting show. Have to watch it. Sportsman Channel, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All new episodes currently airing. Mr. Matt, where can we find you online, buddy? You can find us online at uh, redrisingtv.com, or you can look us up on Facebook and Instagram at Red Rising. You bet. Hey, we got more with uh, Matt Bullens coming up right after this. That's right. This has been uh, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. That is My Outdoor TV at myoutdoortv.com. We'll be back with Matt Bullens right after this. Don't go anywhere. Breaking news. CNN, MSNBC, ABC, BBC, and Fox News have declared the revolution with Jim and Traff to be the most intuitive, thought-provoking, conservation-supporting outdoor radio show. CNN's Chris Cuomo says Jim and Trav are absolutely brilliant. Thanks, fake news. Your endorsement means the world. For further breaking news, hop on JimandTrav.com, and we'll return in a moment. You ready? I'm ready when you are. I'm ready. It's time for some dance lessons. You pretty thing, you. But we're not going to do-si-do. This is a saltwater rodeo. Yeah! With some giants on the line. Whoa, baby. Whoa! power they've got is unbelievable. When you see them and you throw to them and you see them strike it, they're magnificent fish, I tell you. Bill Dance Saltwater, Saturdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Sportsman Channel. Sprinkle the best of Western flavors by ordering from High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav, talking about our whitetail addiction this week. It's on. It's on. It's happening. Now, let's rejoin the boys and Matt Bullins, co-host of Red Rising on Sportsman Channel, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part two. Hey, we're back. We're talking whitetail addiction in this week's show. And before the break, we had part one with old Matt Bullens. He is the co-host of Red Rising on Sportsman Channel Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah, now you were talking, uh, Mr. Matt, about hunting up in Maryland. Haven't heard a lot of guys say they're going to uh, head to Maryland. <laughs> well, ever since the Ravens lost. But that is like, see, that's what I'm talking about. You have to think, and I hate to say this, outside of the box, look at different states uh, and that's what you're focusing on, and that's what more people should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you see a lot of the same thing from a lot of the uh, outdoor professionals and, you know, anybody in the hunting industry or even outside the hunting industry. Is, you know, they kind of get complacent and they find their niche, and that's kind of what they want to hone in and do. But for me, I'm one of those that I kind of like to step outside the box sometimes and you know, even if something's working, there's always something that may work as good or even better if you try it. But 
Maryland, uh, we've got a couple of friends that hunt up there on that eastern shore. It's uh, very swamp-like, and uh, it's a terrain that I've never hunted till this fall. And I'm telling you, it's not steep, but it's real thick. It's kind of like hunting Texas ground. It's wet, it's marshy, tons of bugs and heat, but it produces some of the biggest whitetails that you'll ever see or anywhere on the East Coast. Wow. Yeah, I, I would never have thought about Maryland or no. Connecticut or anywhere up in that country. Do you have to be drawn for that, or is it just over the counter? It is over the counter, and the tags are relatively cheaper than anywhere in the Midwest. So um, you can kill a actual multiple out-of-state bucks with a out-of-state resident non-resident tag so serious you know, that's another plus you get more than one buck and it's conveniently located on the east coast gosh wow more people should be going to maryland <laughs> yeah joe biden well, i don't want to open up the box too much you know <laughs> then everybody will be in that way but yeah. it, it's definitely one of those sleeper states in my opinion that has just as good a ground it's just different terrain than what the midwest has but you know, the bucks that are coming out of some of these places in Maryland are, you know, in that 60s, 70s, even up to 200 inches. Yeah. Now, how did you get hooked up with the juries? Uh, and you're a cameraman, correct? Yeah. Uh, Chris and Eric were actually field producers for Dury Outdoors way back when the original Dream Season number one came out. And I was working with Chris and Eric and ended up being, you know, a cameraman slash field producer. And then, uh, when they stepped out and branched out onto their own, Jason and I actually were picked up to uh, as field producers for Dury Outdoors and started that route. So they kind of stepped out. We kind of stepped in. And then, you know, lo and behold, years later, the four of us are working together. That was the ultimate goal to begin with. Yeah. Now, do you use uh, field cameras uh, quite often to uh, assess the population? Or like when you go up to Maryland, it's pretty tough probably to put out field cameras, right? Yeah, we use trail cameras religiously, and um, we use uh, cell cams from Covert, and they work amazingly. I mean, they're flawless because no matter where we're at in the country, Kansas, Iowa, Maryland, here at home, we're running those cell cams, especially if they're supplemental feed states. Um, you know, you can put out what you need and put those cameras up, and you can really hone in on what bucks are hitting that and kind of get inventory so you'll know you know, what to expect and what time of the year. Yeah. Now, like you were saying there in North Carolina, it's so, I mean, it's rugged country. It is dense. Mm -hmm. It's thick. Do you have a problem with connectivity, like internet connection with those cameras or not so much? Oh, every once in a while you will. You'll hit a spot, I guess, just like anywhere else where I'll have a cell cam that just will not pick up. And, uh, you know, there's some places where cell service just won't pick up in some of these mountains. So, Obviously, you just rely on your general trail cam then and check it once or, you know, every week or every two weeks and kind of re, uh, replenish your feed spots. And that's kind of how you take care of those. But for the most part, 90% of the places we hunt, you'll still get cell service and, you know, your cameras will work. Yeah. Now, when you're, when you're out there and say you've put out a food plot, you know, oftentimes there's an, entry point and there's an exit point and sometimes we had a ranch in colorado there was five places where the uh, elk would come in and mm -hmm. uh if you had four hunters out there and four people were on four of the trails i'll be darned if they wouldn't use that fifth trail where there was nobody what do you think about that is uh does it help eliminate with the, the field cameras it does help but you know like you just said they'll use trails i I've literally put cameras up point on 45s in two different spots and had 
bucks show up that I didn't even know were there when I was out scouting because they, you know, they'll walk a different trail than the general population of the deer wheel. It's just amazing how these big bucks, they just have that sixth sense, you know, here and Midwest all over, I guess, geographically, they're, they're just so smart. And I guess that's how they're so elusive and live so long. But yeah, I've got several bucks that I've honed in on that I've never had a picture of and seen them while I was hunting. Yeah. Well, it seems like, uh, you know, when I've been back east, you're right. It's either straight up or straight down, and it makes it very, very difficult, especially if you have to side hill very far. But in the process of doing all that, it's got to be tough to hone in on a certain area. And if you're not hunting private land and you're hunting public land, you're walking in the same places that other guys did. What do you do to circumvent that? Yeah, we don't have a lot of public ground hunting in our area, and it's very small tracts of private ground. That's the one thing about trying to manage and grow big whitetails. Unless you've got neighbors that are on the same page with you, then you're probably out when it comes to managing and growing and holding big whitetails. Because, you know, Midwest, you might have three, four, five hundred acre tracks. Here, you're going to have 10, 15 to 40 acre tracks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every once in a while, you'll stumble upon, upon one with, you know, a 200-acre track, but typically, you know, you've got neighbors hunting, and if they're not on the same page, but that's that's what I tell people. Hey, get out, talk to your neighbors. I know, you know, you don't want to make enemies out of them because you shoot a deer and it runs to their property. They shoot one. You know, you want to try to help each other to grow these whitetails. You know, talk to them, show them pictures of what you're getting. I know a lot of people try to hide that stuff, but if you, you know, your neighbors are more than likely getting the same pictures you are <laughs> yeah. if you're in hunting small tracks. So, I try to work with my neighbors and, you know, we'll try to pass certain deer and hone in on certain deer and help each other instead of trying to hurt each other. Because obviously, as sportsmen and outdoorsmen, you know, that's the ultimate goal. I know everybody wants to kill the biggest deer, but, you know, when it comes right down to it, it's about, you know, friendship, camaraderie and you know, being a sportsman. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Matt Bullens. Of course, he's the co-host of Red Rising on Sportsman's Channel, Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Exactly. And this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Again, Mr. Matt, to learn more about you, your co-host, Red Rising, your partners, what all is shaking with Red Rising, where can we find you guys online? Go to redrisingtv.com for our website or hit us up on Facebook or Instagram, Red Rising TV, and uh, you can get all the latest and greatest about the show and the co-host. You bet. Hey, coming up next, we got Cat Daddy, the Kansas Cat Man. Exactly. Mr. Matt, you're so awesome. God bless you, buddy. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's really pretty simple. You log on to JimandTrav.com. And you're instantly transported to our online outdoor universe. With show archives, Jim's blog, Trav's take, Buy or Bust, The Amazing Mrs. Bunny, and tons of expert advice from our ever-expanding talent pool of industry professionals. JimandTrav.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things outdoors. Stay right there. The revolution will be right back. The revolution with Jim and Travis back. Now here's our very own captain of the SS Tuna Tub, Cat Daddy. I'll never go fishing again. This is in my friend. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back. We just talked with old Matt Bullens, and of course he has a program called Red Rising. But our next guest, man... 
He says the catfish are rising. That's right. The only thing rising are whiskers. Mr. Cat Daddy, the Kansas Catman, how's it going, buddy? Well, my God, I tell you what, boys. If you're hungry, get your butt off the couch and get out there and try to catch you some dinner. Oh! Well, now, you said the last time we talked that the the uh, crappie. crappie were just going bananas out there. Are they still doing that? Oh, man. I'm more out of crappie fishing. Anybody sees me in the boat anymore out there crappie fishing, they're going to start to wonder. Yeah, he's putting all the crappie back. He's <laughs> taking them out of the freezer and put, he can't deal with it anymore. Have you burned yourself out on the crappie? Oh, man. It's, it's, whew, it's been good. The crappie fishing's been good. But you know something? I got to hankering for some catfish, some fresh, good-eating catfish. I, you know, I said, oh, what the heck. I took my neighborhood old buddy down the road here a little ways and told him, come on, man, let's go out and see if we can wake up some kitty cats. <laughs> so we went out down to the river. We was fishing in front of brush piles and the edges of sandbars. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and right there is where those big bass hang out. Oh. Man, I'm, I'm telling you what, man. We was catching some really nice cats. But they wouldn't bite on uh, 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 crappie guts. It's just shad entrails only, shad guts. Really? It's crazy. I I, I just I, I still don't understand that. You know, the only thing I think of they're just old picky old fish. Now, when you're when you're catching these cats, okay, were they blue cats? Were they? I mean, what were they? Flatheads? What? Oh yeah. no, no, they were channel cats. They're channel cats. Okay, what size? Yeah. yeah. I have yet to catch any blues up there like it, you know, this time of year, up in that area on the river. Yeah. Now, now the blues are still biting out on the lakes and stuff, no doubt. Uh-huh. Now, I've, I've been getting reports all over all over the United States. <laughs> what what size were these channels? Oh, they were just good-eating channels, pound and a half to three pounds. Oh, nice. So really? Like, oh, man. We 16, cut the off of them, you know, tailed them, scaled them. Yeah. Not scaled them, but uh, <laughs> peeled the, the sides off of them, the skin, and... Man, we cooked them whole. Woo, they was good, man. Ooh, that does sound good. Do you know anybody I can get catfish from? Well, come on down, Jim. <laughs> that was insulting. Come on down. <laughs> it's only 480 miles from your house to mine. I got to leave right now. So, Cat Daddy, if we want to find out more about you, uh, where do we have to go online? www.catdaddyguideservices.com. Uh, yeah, and if you'd like to write old Cat Daddy and show him the, the picture of your latest and greatest crappie, which he just absolutely loves, send it to catdaddy underscore one at msn.com. Uh, this has been brought to you by High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtnjerky.com. Mr. Cat Daddy, you're so awesome. God bless you. We love you, brother. I just can't say enough about you guys. You're just fantastic. <laughs> Jimandtrav.com, your portal to the power of our interwebs. I have to get online. Read blogs. Get expert advice from our hunting and fishing professionals. Product reviews with Buyer Bust. And connect directly with Jim and Trav. Jimandtrav.com. Don't move. The revolution will return in a few moments. Chocolate lovers, Michael Horn here along with J.D. Jeremy Dayton. We've got a special offer for them if they love chocolate. Am I right, J.D.? Oh, yeah. Go to vinedabar.com and put in the code CHOCOLATE20. You get 20% off your order. Now, here's the thing. Vinedabar chocolate is dark chocolate mixed in with the Chardonnay mark. That's the skins of the Chardonnay. So you get all the health benefits of the wine, the health benefits of the dark chocolate, and you get some very delicious chocolate with Himalayan salt, so many great different varieties, but you have to go to the website. It's vinetobar.com, and the code is CHOCOLATE20. You like chocolate, J.D., am I right? Oh, I like me some chocolate too much.
Yes. Too much. <laughs> Go to vinetobar.com and put in chocolate 20 to get 20% off your order. Again, vinetobar, V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com, the code chocolate, C-H-O-C-O-L-A-T-E 20. Vine to Bar Chocolate, chocolate 20. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim. With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits, safari hats, and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bahama. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak. I do have new shorts. <laughs> well, I got Hollywood legs. Look, I, I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you, oh grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the Great show, everyone. We just gotta get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week talking about whitetail addiction. Of course, we had Roger Raglan, also Matt Bullens, and the ever-lovely Cat Daddy. He and is. Mrs. Bunny. Yeah, that's right. They're both so lovely. We are. Yes, they are. Two They're of They're a my. nice couple. Two of my, They are. They're a great couple. <laughs> uh, all right, so um, Jimbo, what would you like to say? Uh, get out there. It's it's going to be spring here in about, what, 60 days, and you practice now. Small game. So you won't have to hurry up. Yeah, and check us out on, uh, we picked up three new stations there in Michigan. Three new stations. Yeah, in uh, Petoskey, Traverse City, and Alpena, it's uh, KLT, The Rock. The Rock Station. Yeah, check them out if you're yeah. in we, that uh, part of Michigan. The northern part of Michigan, we got it covered. Now. There you go. All right, so get outdoors this weekend. Take some kiddos with you. Most importantly, hammer home firearm safety and listen to us. That's what you really need to do. Yeah. All right, so we will return next week with uh, more great insight from Jimbo. Yeah. Ooh. All right, so we got to go. We'll return next week. Peace out. God bless you all and the United States of America. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.